0: Are you a dad who's got it all? Amazing kids, smoking hot wife, a good job, but just something's nagging at you. This world's really tough, it's really challenging, and you wanna make sure you keep your family safe. If something bad happens, I've got three tips to improve your house and keep everybody safe. Let's get into it. Hey, welcome to Hyper Academy. Thanks for joining me today. If you're anything like me, you're a dad, you've got kids that you adore, you've got a beautiful wife, and you've got a job that's doing the right thing, it's paying the bills, but again, it's just a job, right? What is going on around our society today? There's always concerns of power outages, cyber attacks, lots of different challenges and things that could come up, and you wanna be able to keep your family safe. We're gonna jump into three tips that I do in my journey in keeping my family safe. Three things we're gonna talk about. One, medical. How can we have some medical capabilities in the house should something bad happen, both medically or trauma related? Number two, if a stuff hits the fan, hits a situation, happens, what do you have in the house and how can you keep everybody safe, fed, and comfortable for about three weeks? And then third, Protecting my kingdom, protecting my house. What do I have in terms of weapons in my house to protect my kids and my family and my wife should somebody try to make entry into this house? So we're gonna jump into it right now. The first thing, specifically, that I wanna take and look at is medical. Now, in a previous life, I was a captain and a paramedic with a large metropolitan fire department. So I had a lot of medical training and I hit a lot of trauma when I was running those calls in the inner city. Now, you don't have to be a medic, you don't have to have medical background and training in order to be able to have some things on hand in order to facilitate what you are doing from a medical perspective. So, what I carry in the house is a green box. This green box has all of the trauma capabilities and necessities that are out there and that I might need for my kids. I'll leave a link and I'm gonna create a video specific to this trauma box, but as you can see, it's got trauma dressings, it's got bandages, it's got a tourniquet, it's got tape, it's got regular boo-boo bandages, it's got everything that I need to stop bleeding in the moment or stop a significant bleed vis-a-vis a tourniquet and be able to get all of those things taken care of. So if and when my kids get hurt, I can tell my wife or I can tell one of the older kids go up to the closet get that green box and bring it down to me. And I can help to facilitate the stopping of bleeding or any of the things like that. So this little, easy, dedicated trauma kit is huge to be able to have. The other thing is medical. So if your kids have an allergic reaction, having a little bit of Benadryl left over and available to provide to those kids will really help out if you see that they're having an allergic reaction. And the little things, Tylenol, Ibuprofen, things that they can take that they like will really help out when they have those boo-boos and things like that. In addition, just having little ice packs. Heck, even if it's just a bag of frozen peas, having those ice packs on hand will absolutely critical to have available should you need something. So that's medical. Again, we'll talk about in a future video specifically what you can do in terms of treating specific medical problems, but this will get you started, and I'll have some links below to um, some of the specific things that I definitely suggest that you get as soon as you can. The other component, the second component, the stuff hits the fan situation. What are you gonna do if the power goes out for one, two, three, four days? Everybody says that America is um, on the verge of crisis if they've missed a total of nine meals. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner for three days, It's gonna cause a lot of chaos. So here's what I do to make sure that my family will be able to sustain itself for about three weeks. I'm not there yet, but I'm working on it slowly but surely. First thing, power. I have a number of different battery banks, both solar-specific as well as battery banks that I can have to just charge um, some of my phones and things like that what I do want to get, what I need to get, and what I'm saving up for is a larger scale uh, generation. So whether that's an external generator on my house or even just a larger scale battery bank that can be able to power something like a refrigerator um, or even a hot stove, things like that. So power is huge and starting small with some of those smaller form factor chargeable devices. Again, what you're seeing here and which I'll put in the description below but something to definitely think about. The second one, communications. Obviously, having your phone is going to be huge, but if the phone service goes out, you're gonna be in a world of hurt because we rely so much on that. How are you gonna be able to communicate and more importantly, learn information of things that are happening out there and around you? So, what I've got is a couple of different things. I've got the little walkie-talkies. We use them when we're skiing all the time, but I can provide the little walkie-talkies to my kids, to friends, to family, so that we can communicate over a relatively short distance, say a half a mile. So that's great to have. But the other thing that I have, and I just recently got this, is a Baofeng UV-5R. Not a Rubicon Productions, thanks. This is a fantastic ham radio that you can be able to utilize in an emergency situation. One thing to keep in mind, if you're in an emergency situation, you don't have to have a ham radio license to be able to use this. So something to definitely think about, and you can also receive information without having to have a ham license as well. It's probably good to get one, but at the same time, these things are super cheap, $25 for this radio, and it will be able to allow you to connect, especially by repeater, to people all over the country and potentially even the world by simply using this. So I absolutely have this and I have the ability to charge it so that I can communicate to friends and family. Now, that brings it to the other component of a stuff hit the fan situation, your community. Are you, like I am and like I was a couple years ago, a lone wolf? you have friends at work, you have colleagues, but you're not really, you don't have the time, you're too busy to have a close-knit, tight guy group, this is something that was really gnawing on me, and I decided to bring together some of our closest friends that share the same values. We call it our Gentleman's Society, and we bring everybody together. We have a text group, and we help each other out, whether it's family issues, work issues. We go out and have a beer once a month so that we can have that close-knit community. And when we have a situation where power is down, we all have these, and we can all communicate, and we can support each other dedicated so that if somebody needs something, we can reach out and we can be that tribe to help to protect ourselves. So having that community, absolutely huge. Bug out. Do you need to leave your house? This is one thing that I am woefully unprepared for, but getting some bug out bags, some bug out capabilities in case you do need to leave your house, what is everybody bringing with them? I'm gonna leave a a couple links to some great videos talking specifically about bug out capabilities in the description below. That's one thing though that I'm really trying to expand on. Food and water, this is the most obvious. Food and water is huge. I try to make sure that I have um, one gallon of water per person per day available and I need to get myself up to at least three weeks worth of fresh water available for our five-person family so that if the water is not good anymore, we're having that in and in place and available to us. And then food, what kind of non-perishable food can you have stored up and available to you at any given point in time so that you can survive for at least three weeks? You wanna try to expand that out. My goal right now is to get to three months of self-sufficiency on food and water. Now you may say, Ryan, that is really expensive. How are you gonna pull that off? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? So every time I go to Costco, which is probably once a week, once every other week, I add about 20 to $25 to my budget. I always pick up a case of water, no matter what, and I stack that water up in my basement. And then I've got a list of specific non-perishable food items that I pick up at least one of every time I'm there. 25 pound uh, bag of rice, uh, honey, unfiltered honey can last forever. Um, You can have canned chicken, you can have uh, top ramen or, or ramen noodles. There's a lot of different things that I have a list for that I'm just slowly but surely getting every time I go to Costco, to be able to help out and make sure that I have the resources necessary. So, medical, making sure on top of your medical. A stuff hit the fan situation. How are you gonna keep your family safe for up to three weeks and longer? Now, my favorite part is security. How I'm going to protect my house, my kingdom, to make sure that if somebody tries to make entry into my house, it's gonna be a bad day for that somebody who's trying to enter my house. So, what do I have? Starting small. I'm slowly but surely trying to ramp this up working with my wife to make sure she's comfortable with it But for right now what I have is a Glock 19 Gen 5 Having a gun in the house is obviously a massive responsibility for you as a father You want to make sure that there is no way at all that your kids can get their hands on that So first things first storage. I have a very robust um, storage safe that is no frills but it's very, very heavy and very difficult to get into. While the biometric sensors are great, I don't necessarily trust that the battery is gonna be operational or that's gonna work when I need it. So this safe that I have, I'll the link to the description below, is just the buttons. And you can push the buttons, you know that it's tactile, you know that it will open every single time. And I have that in place and in there. When you have the gun in place, you gotta make a decision, are you gonna leave a round in the chamber? or are you going to um, leave it so it does not have a rounded chamber, which means you're gonna to have to rack it. Me personally, right now, I do not have a round in the chamber, but I train to make sure that I rack it as we move forward. So as I'm going through and I'm training and I'm going through the process, the first thing that I do is I run myself through a situation, one, two, even three times a week, okay. I'm home, it's the evening, the kids are already in bed, I just heard a window break, what am I gonna do? So I'm going to immediately calm myself down. Rather than sprinting up to uh, the, the safe to get the weapon out, I'm going to take a nice deep breath, calm myself down, so I can keep that anxiety level from getting too high, and I can focus better, and I can actually get the, uh, the weapon out um, specifically. So as I take that first breath, I go up, I open up the safe, I rack it, and then I am prepared to move forward. Right, but while I'm training, obviously at night, I don't want to be training with a loaded weapon, so I'm obviously going to practice the rack and then I'm going to remove that round in the chamber, I'm going to remove the magazine total, and then I'm going to double check. So I'm going to pop it open, I'm going to look down the barrel, I'm going to look away, and I'm going to look down the barrel again. I'm going to make sure that I have nothing in there, and then I'm going to start with a training. And basically, what I'm doing is I'm doing a mental rehearsal of how I'm going to approach. Approach Clearing my house in the event that I need to and I'm always going to follow the universal firearm safety rules So if this is something that you're just getting into the universal firearm safety rules are absolutely paramount I'll do a much more dedicated video specifically on this, but first Treat all guns as if they are loaded no matter what you always want to pretend that they are loaded and Treat them as such so even though I have cleared it twice. I'm still going to pretend that it's loaded Never let that muzzle point at anything you're not willing to destroy. So as I'm doing my dry fire activities in the house while I'm pretending and going through this mental rehearsal, even when I'm going to practice um, taking aim at something, I'm going to go in an area where I'm not aiming at anything I don't want to destroy. So I'm aiming up higher, so should there be a round in there, God forbid, it will go up and out and if it goes through the house, it will not hit anybody that's walking outside, right? So I'm very careful to not point that muzzle at anything I don't want to destroy I especially don't want to ever flag where my kids' rooms are, no matter what, because I know they're sleeping in there, right? So definitely something to think about from that. Keeping my finger off the trigger. This is the third universal fire alarm safety rule. Keep that finger off the trigger until on the sights are on the target and you've made the decision to shoot. So that's something very critical, especially when you're dry firing, to really practice. And then finally, be sure of your target and what's behind it. So as I'm doing my dry fires, I'm absolutely going to be making sure that I know what's behind should a round go off. Again, that's why I'm shooting up high and out and away and never flagging my children's rooms for that exact same reason, right? So I'm really careful, but I'm doing a dry fire house clearing scenario so that should it ever happen in real life, I take that deep breath. I've got a good link in the description below for a free guide, one page, easy guide for you to be able to learn how to do that exercise, that first just breathe exercise to lower your pulse, your heart rate, so that you can be more confident and calm while you're doing that clearing episode. So, Dad, these are the things that I'm doing to help protect my family. What are things that you are doing in addition to this or better than what I've talked about and how can we improve upon our ability to support our children and our family and our wives all the better leave a comment down below in the description tell me what you're doing to protect your family and how you're preparing for the potential challenges that are coming our way if you like this type of content I try to post things every single week really hope you come back and I hope you enjoyed it I'll talk to you soon thank you